Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Garbage Shoot. These are quick reviews on new movies playing right now in theaters or coming to streaming. Uh, I am Arthur Gordon, and I'm by myself today. Uh, Dalton and Dustin uh, were predisposed, and so it's just me checking in. I got to go see David Fincher's new movie, The Killer. Uh, so I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you on that, uh, what I thought about this new film, obviously, uh, if you've listened to any of the other shows uh, uh, we do in the past, uh, we are big fans of David Fincher, and so a little bit of uh, excitement going into uh, this follow-up to Make, uh, not a sequel, but just his next project since Make, uh, and, and seeming to be kind of like a, a, a return to maybe a more classic style of Fincher. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I liked, what I disliked, what I thought about it, uh, and... Uh, give you some recommendations. So uh, I'm going to start with the synopsis and we're going to go from there. After a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. The Killer is the newest film from acclaimed director David Fincher, and it features him teaming up with the critically adored Michael Fassbender. The story is adapted from the French graphic novel of the same name, the Killer is rated R for strong violence, language, and brief sexuality. It runs 118 minutes. Thank the Lord. Uh, the Killer premiered at the Venice International Film Festival in September. Uh, you can catch this movie in limited theatrical screenings right now uh, or wait for it to make its debut on Netflix, streaming November 10th. Uh, so this is one of the movies, uh, one of the parts of the deal uh, Fincher had made uh, with Netflix uh, that I believe included Mindhunter. Mank, The Killer, and I'm not sure how long that package, uh, that deal sort of runs uh, with Fincher. And so this is coming to Netflix, but obviously they're doing the small theatrical run with it, uh, probably for some awards consideration, I would imagine, uh, just to get some uh, eyes on the product uh, in bigger markets. Uh, and so uh, you might be able to catch it, uh, depending on where you're listening at, where you're listening from, and when you are listening uh, it may be in theaters uh, near you, um, but it will be definitely on Netflix streaming November 10th. And so, uh, like I said at the top, David Fincher's a director I really adore. Uh, I think he made my top 10 directors list uh, earlier this year when we were doing that this past summer. Uh, David Fincher, uh, when I came to kind of early in my film journey, as I really started getting into movies, uh, obviously something like Seven is very in my wheelhouse. Um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I actually really dig. I know uh, some people go back and forth on it uh, as far as needless remakes or something like that, but I really do the, enjoy that film and his take on it. Um, and obviously Social Network and uh, Zodiac, I think, being maybe his master class, but even his like uh, what we'd call maybe lesser films, uh, Panic Room and uh, the game, I still really enjoy. And so, you know, for me, kind of lower tier uh, David Fincher is still very good in, in comparison to a lot of other filmmakers and storytellers. And so uh, he's got a very great aesthetic, a very clean aesthetic, obviously an aesthetic that has, I think, again and again, uh, sort of inspired and changed uh, and impacted and influenced uh, filmmaking uh, kind of throughout the decades. We'll go back to something like Seven uh, and then Fight Club, obviously just really uh, impacting the aesthetics of film, uh, what people are looking at, how they're approaching uh, set design, production design, cinematography, editing, lighting. Uh, his films are really influential in that way. Obviously, again, Social Network being a big 
uh, impact there, uh, and that introducing the partnership with Resner and Ross, uh, Trent Resner, Atticus Ross, who are back here to do the score again uh, for the killer. And so David Fincher is somebody I really enjoy. Uh, I kind of stayed away from this movie. I knew it was coming up. Uh, I kind of avoided trailers, avoided information about it to kind of go in blind. Uh, I looked at a teaser trailer kind of right before seeing it. Uh, but even that didn't give me much about the plot. And so uh, I, I went in pretty blind, very excited for this. And Michael Fassbender, obviously, uh, an actor I really enjoy as well. I think he's just uh, a great talent. Uh, I think he can kind of do a broad range of things. Uh, and that's what really, I think, makes him work here in uh, The Killer. Now, The Killer, again, is based off of a... A French graphic novel, and I have no awareness or familiarity with that source material, uh, so that's kind of not factoring in here at all. And so this story of the killer is this uh, very adept uh, assassin who is sort of touting in the opening moments of this film uh, how good he is, uh, which sets up kind of the synopsis and the logline I hit you with of a, a, a near-miss incident, um, and that is... Uh, what really drives kind of the plot of this story, uh, 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 drives the story of this movie forward. Um, and so uh, I think Fassbender, again, being able to kind of do it all, uh, there are a couple of things I think coming in here. Uh, Fincher sort of has this very kind of cold calculating style sometimes, uh, and that's reinforced here with that kind of classic blue uh a hue that that he uses to filter over the film to give it kind of a colder sense and, and pulling out those uh, blue colors in there uh, really kind of cools it off. And, and so it's kind of cold. It's calculating. It's meticulous, much like the character, uh, the killer, the assassin that Fassbender is playing. Uh, and Fassbender is able to sort of do that cold calculated thing, but he's also very charismatic and very charming. And this is a role that's going to call on both of those things. And he is able to do that very well. Uh, I, I think of Fassbender back in, really, my familiarity with him, I think, came mostly uh, early on through the X-Men, the first class films where he plays Magneto, and I think he does it very well. Uh, that that Turk, that take on uh, Magneto uh, is very earnest, very emotionally driven. Uh, we feel the sort of sadness of Magneto, the tragedy of Magneto, uh, with the Holocaust and the personal things that happened to him. And, and Fassbender really just uh, swings for the fences kind of every time he would go out in that role. Uh, no matter how the rest of the uh, the film came together, he was always uh, sort of the solid rock uh, that would be in them. Uh, and, and so that coupled with something like, um, you know, 12 Years a Slave, uh, where he is uh, cruel, mean, evil... Uh, whatever we want to call him as uh, Edward Epps, Edwin Epps in that film. Um, he's able to kind of channel a lot of those different elements uh, for this role in The Killer, and he does a great job. Uh, and the movie really is just anchored around him and, and a really interesting structural thing. This film is very um, episodic in the way that it progresses forward. It does go on this kind of worldwide adventure uh, as uh the killer is having to set out to um, do some uh, do some work uh, as a as uh, his titular killer uh, profession uh, may allude to, uh, and so not to give too much away, uh, we do get set out onto this very episodic journey, um, which is a little I think different than some of the stuff Fincher's done in the past. 
Uh, and, and it works, I think, mostly uh, kind of in a weird forward progression way because I'm always kind of constantly, you know, where's this going to go next? What's kind of happening? Uh, we're not getting a ton of like uh, setup, checkup guns type things uh, early on uh, that we're going to come back to. It's very much a straightforward chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and we are getting those sorts of title breaks as well. Uh, and so uh, I think plot-wise, it's structured a bit differently than some of the stuff Fincher has done uh, previously as well. And so then that's kind of the big thing, uh, I think, for me. But uh, Fassbender gets a lot of time to really steal the show, and there's a lot of voiceover, uh, which really surprised me. I guess kind of playing into the noir elements of this film, uh, we get a lot of voiceover from uh, Fassbender's killer characters. He's kind of walking through his mindset, uh, what he's doing, or why he does what he does, how he thinks, how he processes. Uh, and it's never done in a sort of ham-fisted, over-the-top or uninspired way. Fassbender really sells the voiceover here. Uh, voiceover can be hard to do, hard to capture, and hard to uh, come across in any kind of real, I think, intentional, engaging way a lot of times. Uh, but what Fassbender does here, uh, I think, is very effective in that. Um, we've got a good little uh, soundtrack going along here, the Smiths and some other bands. Uh, and then again, that Reznor and Ross score uh, just really... Uh, driving this. And so those are sort of the things I really dig uh, about The Killer. Uh, I mean, if you're a Michael Fassbender fan, I think this is going to be a movie for you. Uh, if you're a Fincher fan, you like those deep cuts, this is going to be a movie for you. Now, with that being said, uh, this movie never does feel like it kind of goes into that next gear to really into that elevated kind of level of a Zodiac or a social network or a Gone Girl. Um, it, it, for me, it really does kind of feel more, uh, mid to low tier Fincher. And again, coming out of this, I told the rep, you know, mid tier Fincher is still a great Fincher is, is still a good movie. And that's kind of where I'm at. I like panic room. I like the game. Um, I will rewatch them. I'll go to them. I obviously, you know, I don't think they're as good as, uh, social network or gone girl or girl with the dragon at two, which I kind of, you know, place above that. And then Zodiac kind of being his magnum opus. I don't place them near that as well. Um, but I still enjoy them. And, and there's kind of a playfulness to them. Fincher's just kind of telling a fun, suspense-filled, thriller-filled story. Uh, and that's what he's really doing here for me uh, with The Killer. It feels sort of low stakes. Um, it doesn't feel, you know, super impactful in any sort of meaningful way, other than just giving us a really good Fassbender performance. Uh, and we get to see some fun action set pieces. There's a really interesting fight sequence that takes place. Uh, and then there's a really great verbal tit for tat with uh, Tilda Swinton in the film as well, who who gets to come in and uh, have some great moments as well. Uh, and I, again, you know, Tilda Swinton's one of those people who I adore, who just shows up and just uh, with every opportunity can steal the show. And she does a, a great back and forth here with Fassbender a few times in the movie, and I really uh, enjoy their interactions. And so as far as, you know, the performances are great, the look of the film's great, uh, the story's solid, um, but in terms of sort of the Im bigger impact or the bigger imprint of this film, uh, it feels a bit inconsequential, is kind of how I described it coming out of the film. Uh, and so didn't never feel like a waste of time, never felt like a waste of energy. I was so thankful uh, it kept it under two hours. I, I didn't know the runtime going in. I was expecting two and a half. Uh, and so it was nice that it cut off right before that two-hour mark. And 
uh, in a slate of summer films that have been very long and felt very heavy in that way, it was refreshing to come out of this with a really what felt like a tight story with a lot of forward momentum. I'll be curious to see how this movie plays. Uh, the ending, um, I think some people will be a bit divided on how it ends. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that Fincher's trying to say anything uh, super big with this film, um, kind of ruminating on ideas of revenge, ideas of, I think, probably capitalism in some ways as well. Um, but beyond that, uh, again, it feels pretty inconsequential in that. But that doesn't mean it's not a fun time. It's not a fun ride. You know, I'm coming out of this thinking it's a B to a B plus film. Uh, and so uh, as I'm kind of wrapping up here, I think my my main recommendation is if you're a David Fincher fan, uh, you're going to go for this. If you're a Michael Fassbender fan, I think you're going to go for this. If you are a um, assassin on a world adventure sort like a neo-noir fan, I think you're going to get a kick out of this as well. You know, I don't think it's going to be your best, your favorite movie of the year. And it could be, but um, I think it's solid. I think you're going to enjoy it. I would recommend going to a theater to see if you can just because of the scarcity of Netflix movies being in theaters. Uh, if you get the opportunity to do it, it's great. You know, um, that being said, is this worth a two hour time on Netflix? Definitely. Uh, I think it is. Uh, again, I like this sort of thriller, the suspense film. I, I'm interested in this sort of genre, not just the neo-noir, but some of the other things that Fincher is doing as well. Uh, and again, Fassbender's great. And so it's fun to kind of see Fincher go back to something he was doing in the 2000s with these sort of, again, low stake um, stories that weren't, you know, it feels like sometimes he was going for broke and in a good way, you know, and, and the way he's impacted influenced cinema uh, can't be understated, uh, especially in American cinema, I think, as well, especially within a very specific time frame. Um, his fingerprints are kind of all over the form. And so, you know, it's kind of fun to see him go back to doing something like this. Uh, I never did catch up with Mank, unfortunately, uh, so I can't put it in conversation with that. Uh, but for me, uh, if, if, you know, if I'm tearing out uh, Fincher's work, you know, the S tier Supreme stuff like Zodiac and uh, Social Network are really up there. A tier, Gone Girl, uh, you know, Seven. Fight Club is kind of lower A, B tier for me. I don't love Fight Club. Um, that might kill my cred. I don't know. Um, but, you know, that kind of C tier, lower tier with the panic room and the game, I think that's where this is sitting. Uh, and, again, that's nothing against this movie. I think it's solid. I think it's fun. I think people are going to enjoy it, especially Fincher fans, Fassbender fans, uh, Thriller fans. Um, I But, you know, I just don't know where it's going to play in his filmography as a whole uh, time will tell really. Um, so for me, it is a recommendation, you know, it's going to be on Netflix. If you have a Netflix subscription, it's easy to watch. It's less than two hours, which adds to that sort of uh, um, accessibility uh, to catch it and to watch it. Um, and, you know, you can hit pause, walk out the room, hit the bathroom, come back, hit play, and you're good to go. Uh, there's some fun set pieces, some fun character actors showing up. Uh, a fun structure that I don't think we've seen really Fincher play with in the past. Uh, and then a great turn from Michael Fassbender in this titular killer role. And, you know, this could lead to uh, obviously being based on an IP and intellectual property. There's a way in which there lends itself to uh, sequels. Uh, I don't know that Fincher's ever, uh, a, well, he has done a sequel, I guess, with Alien 3. 
Um, but I don't know if he's ever made a sequel to one of his own films. I don't think that's a thing he's done or approached. Um, but I could see that being a thing he does here if I think the right story came along for him. Um, I think we kind of missed that boat with the girl with the dragon tattoo franchise and trilogy, unfortunately. Um, but I could see a way in which Netflix might get behind uh, doing multiple entries uh, in the killer. Uh, and I would be there for him to watch him and see him uh, because I think uh, what Fassbender brings to the screen here with this character is really interesting. And I think uh, Fincher's uh, approach to it is really interesting as well. So uh, there you have it. Uh, you heard me talk a lot about uh, the killer uh, from my, uh, David Fincher, starring Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, and a slew of other character actors. Uh, again, November 10th, it'll be on Netflix. If you know, uh, you, you know, like the, the Fincher stuff, if you like Fincher, uh, you're going to be into this. If you like uh, thrillers, action films, I think you're going to be into this. Uh, if you like Michael Fassbender, you're definitely going to be into it. And so uh, it's got a lot going for it. I think it's worth watching. It's worth your time. Uh, so check it out and then let us know. You know, let me know what you think about it. You can email me, uh, goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, the Arthur Gordon. Uh, and, and so you can hit me up uh, and talk to me. Let me know what you thought about The Killer. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a good time with it. Uh, I know I did. And so what more can you want? Just a fun time at the movies. Really uh, something I enjoy. And so there you have it. Uh, but we'll be back later. We've got a lot of screeners coming up. Big time, busy time in the season. I know we got poor things coming down the pike. Uh, Maestro coming down the pike. Uh, the boys in the boat coming down. And so there's a lot of things happening. A lot of screenings coming up. A lot of movies I'm excited to go see and talk about and think about. Uh, so, uh, subscribe, like, follow us, whatever it is. Um, check us out on the main show, the good trash genre cast, uh, check out uh, the 10, 11, 12 years of, of material we have over there. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about, about a lot of movies. And so, uh, you, uh, y'all have a good day and, uh, I don't know how to sign off yet. So I will talk to you later. <laughs>